Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm incredibly excited for today's open mic conversation with the Special Olympics of Colorado. We are welcoming Megan Scremen, the president and CEO, and Mackenzie Bulbay-Nickel. She is the 2020 Female Athlete of the Year. We talk about all the details of the Special Olympics, the organization, how it's really a lifelong commitment, and how they are providing competitive athletic opportunity in addition to health and wellness and screening and a multitude of other things. There's a lot you probably didn't know, as I didn't, that this organization really focuses on and helps the entire community. They are incredible examples of furthering the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equality. This is a great conversation for anyone to listen to, especially if you've got someone you know that might want to get involved. Enjoy this conversation and best of luck, Megan and McKenzie in 2021. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am extremely excited today. We have another open mic session, and today it is with the Special Olympics of Denver, Colorado. Um, this was a connective of connect, which you know are my favorites. So, um, you know, we, we have some CrossFit background um, from our mutual connect, but I want to welcome to the mic Megan Scremen, the president and CEO of the Special Olympics Colorado, and Mackenzie Bove Nickel. I, I might have botched your names. You know this one too, like Tumor Gentila. But she is uh, a longtime athlete, and she was actually the female athlete of the year for 2020. So welcome to the mic, ladies. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Uh, today, uh, we are going to talk a lot. You know, even um, as I have uh, been around the, the Olympics, the Paralympics, the Special Olympics, the regular Olympics, um, and I don't know if you say regular Olympics, but Olympics, you guys, and feel free to correct me on any of the terminology. Uh, I yeah. think that's important for our audience because I – I, as much as I dug in and tried to learn, it's, um, it's like learning anything in 2020. We, we have to continue learning yeah. and listening. Um, there, there's so much to we know about it. The, fi- the five ring Olympics. Five ring Olympics. Okay. We, see, we there the, you go. The five ring Olympics, special Olympics and Paralympics. I'm here for it. Okay. Note that I'm noting all of these things. And again, this is the stuff we need to know, particularly in 2021. Um, well, why don't we, why don't we start here? Megan, why don't you give us a little bit about your personal background and then McKinsey, I'll have you give us a little about your personal background and then let's talk about the organization as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I have been with Special Olympics Colorado for eight years. I started overseeing all of our fundraising events. So things like our Polar Plunge series, uh, Plane Pulse. We have lots of fun events that we can talk about later. Um, And then I moved into uh, the role of VP of development. So really have been spent the last uh, six, seven years working a lot on all things fundraising for the organization. And we've seen a lot of growth over the past uh, seven, eight years. And so it's been a really fun and exciting place to be a part of. A year and a half ago, I assumed the role of president and CEO when our past CEO, Mindy Watrous, um, left and moved on to a different opportunity. So it's been a great joy, real honor to be part of the organization. I also have two little kids, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And then I'm really involved. I went to an independent all-girls school. And so I serve on the board of that as well. That's amazing. Mackenzie. A lot going on. Mackenzie, let us let us know about you. My name is Mackenzie Bobby Nickel. I've been a Special Olympics Colorado athlete for 13 years, I think, or more. Um, I was adopted by two amazing parents that um, have supported me through all of my hard times. I'm a person of autism. Um, I have an older brother. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I have a 
I just opened a new shoe business that I just launched a couple months ago. And um, I love playing sports and Special Olympics has been a very big part of my last, my, my life the last couple years. Um, I'm just super grateful to have them. They're like a second family to me. So it's, it's awesome that I, I can be a part of a good organization. Um, I sit on the state board for them as well. Um, I'm the athlete representative for Special Olympics Colorado, and I sit on the USAAIC Athlete Input Council um, for the whole entire USA. Um, so I re I um, I'm like a rep represent a representative or yeah 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 um, for um, I overlook South South um, no Southwest West California. Southwest. Uh, Southwest California, New Mexico, Utah, uh, Arizona, Hawaii, yeah. <laughs> Arizona and Hawaii. So I overlook all of uh, those states, and then I report back to the USA AIC, and I sit on our Special Olympics AIC as well as the chair. Well, both of you guys are two uh, busy boss females here and I'm, I'm extra extra excited to have you on the mic um that's amazing and i am a, a longtime athlete myself and i'm a major believer in fostering life skills through sports particularly for our young females uh how you learn you know teamwork and commitment and confidence i think those are awesome uh, sports are awesome platforms to learn all those things and they're, they're really essential yeah. i think for every little little kid to go through so it's it's amazing and if you have the opportunity to continue your sport as an adult uh, at any level i think that's mm -hmm. a magical situation mm -hmm. i know I wanted to play professional women's lacrosse after college. That was not a thing. Um, so I got into CrossFit, but it's just keeping that community, like you said, McKinsey, that second yeah. family in your life is really amazing. Um, I just want to read a little stats off because I didn't understand how big the Special Olympics are. Yeah. Um, and you guys sent over some information. It said 15,527 athletes. Is that just in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. So we are a statewide organization. So when we say Special Olympics, Colorado, we are referring to us as a state. And yeah, more than 15,500 athletes. And when we use the term athletes, we're referring to people with intellectual disabilities who participate in our programming. Uh, so yeah, statewide, we also have a whole bunch of thousands of unified partners. So our unified partners would be typically developing individuals who compete and participate alongside our athletes. Gotcha. Okay. So I love that. Um, that unified partner dynamic is actually something that's um, really groundbreaking and important and, and so core to what we do that it, it's, it's not meant to be a volunteer to uh, a mentor or mentee relationship. It's meant to be a teammate, you, a unified partner and athlete. They're on level playing field, they're teammates. And I think that's just one way where we can really use sports as a way to break down barriers and, and overcome differences and keep people on level playing fields. I think that's amazing. What a solid metaphor for our nation right now, particularly after given the, the the events of this past week. We really got to start working together. Yeah. We are certainly at a pivotal point in this world. And that's why I really do believe in the power of these conversations, even though this is about sports. Obviously, the metaphors can transcribe to anything that uh, we are going through as Americans and as humans as a whole. Um, I just want to read off a couple more of these numbers because I, I really want to drive home the impact. Just like I said, over 15,000 athletes, over 2,300 unified partners, um, over 8,500 young athletes athletes, 38 staff members, 8,400 volunteers, um, 
almost 1200 coaches. I mean, these numbers are massive. I'm really excited to see how the athlete participation, like you said, the unified partners and then the community as a whole, I, I didn't really realize how big it was. Uh, but it does, it, it makes me happy knowing that all these young people and adult athletes are, um, in an organization like this can Megan, can you tell us a little bit more about how an athlete gets into the special Olympics and then how it really is like a lifetime, um, opportunity and or commitment? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, the way you can get involved is in a wide variety of ways. Uh, first would be by becoming an athlete. And so we have programs and teams across the entire state. So what somebody would do is say, hey, I'm interested in getting involved. You would contact our office and based on where you live and the sports you're interested in playing, we would get you paired with a team. We have 21 different sports um, and people compete year round. That's one thing um, I think as you were reading those stats, you're like, oh my gosh, Special Olympics does a lot more than you initially thought. And that is probably my favorite thing about the job is that we get to go out there and talk about all the things that Special Olympics does that people, we just don't, people don't know because you think it's a one time a year event or it's just kids. Um, So we have opportunities for people to get involved starting at age two. And those are those young athletes that we refer to. And we have athletes that can compete up into their 70s and 80s. So again, to get involved, you would contact a regional manager or a state office and, and say, I'm interested in getting involved. Um, something that's been interesting and is a, a change for us, and Mackenzie has actually been a big driver of this, is what defines an athlete within Special Olympics. Um, and for a long time, that's been somebody who participates in sports. But to your point, we do a lot more than just sports. We have athlete leadership programming. We have health programming. Um, we have programs in unified schools. And, and so we want to make sure that Special Olympics is open to everyone, whether you want to compete on a sports team or you choose to go through some of our leadership programming. So that's that kind of robust variety of, of programming that we do have. And anyone can become an athlete by entering in at any point. And, and that's a step that we're taking as an organization to make sure that we are truly being inclusive of all people so that if you have an intellectual disability or you do not and you want to come participate we have a place for you that's that's really amazing and um like i said alongside the sports but the the life skills and i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming for the families of the athletes that's got to be an incredibly supportive community for them to be a part of as well is that the case yeah yeah i would certainly say the uh, the value that we can offer families is is enormous. Uh, one of another thing that I really love about Special Olympics is going to summer games. As, as an example, I always walk walk through summer games and I see families sitting out there just roasting because it's so hot and they've got their tents and they're there watching their son or daughter or family member compete in soccer or play track and field, and it's it's hot. It's a long day. It's sweaty, but it's, it, to me and Mackenzie, I'd love to hear your feedback. It seems like such a, um, a typical thing to do. It's, it's a fun, it's light. You're there for the joy of it. And you're watching your son or daughter do something that they want to do that makes them happy, that brings them joy and confidence. And I think families, uh, have to deal with so many different challenges as do their family members. And, and I think Special Olympics gives you that opportunity to connect with others who have similar life experiences and put those challenges aside and be there for fun and enjoy. 
Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a perfect segue. Mackenzie, tell me a little bit about your um, daily training schedule, uh, like how you like train and practice to compete. Um, and is this like a weekly thing? Is this a daily thing? What is your athletic uh, training schedule like? Well, due to COVID, um, sadly, like we can't really, um, the, they provide us with um, uh, like uh, Zoom videos um, and live streaming on Facebook to tell us like how we can exercise during these hard times. Um, I'm going to be honest, I haven't really been training a lot this year because I'm that person that I want to be out there and be with my team um, and like compete and all of that stuff. It just makes me really sad that I, I'm not able to do that right now. So I'm just, I'm just like chilling right now, not really doing anything. But um, I'm like, if COVID wasn't happening, we have trained. I at least do two sports every season. So oh, like, wow. yeah. So, so like, if it wasn't COVID, I would be snowboarding and doing basketball. And so, um, uh, we train up in Cocker for a whole day, and then, um, and that would be like a Sunday or a Saturday or a Wednesday. Um, and then basketball would be like on a a weekday. And um, so I, I at least do get a whole bunch of training in and it's super fun. Um, yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's a, that, that's a lot of sports to focus on. And those are like diversified skill sets. Like those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, and I hear you, the COVID has been, I felt for all my athletes, high school, uh, collegiate anyone training for the olympics on any level because it is you you miss your sport and you miss your friends your community your family uh mckenzie has your family been bummed out not being able to see you compete regularly i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tell you this story real quick so Please do. first my first special olympics event was basketball um and me and my brother did play um sports in uh like middle school and high school um, and my brother took off from that and like, he was amazing. He was an amazing athlete. And my mom hated going to his, um, um, his games because they're so competitive and like, they're, there's not really well, they're not really welcoming, you know, to get to watch your kids. They're always like yelling at the kids uh, to do better or something like that. But going into like special Olympics events, she loves going to them. Um, she, um, Hasn't been going for a couple of years because um, I can drive and I don't want my mom with me all the time anymore. <laughs> Fair <laughs> but, enough. <laughs> um, but um, she loves going to the Special Olympics events and seeing how um, how sportsmanship um, the athletes are. So if there's one team that is struggling and they're really behind in scores, like um, the other team that is like really high high points or like really high functioning or really high skilled level, um, we just back up and just let them shoot away because we don't want them to feel like they haven't gotten a chance to to succeed in the sport and all of that stuff. And my mom just really loves seeing that. Um, And she's not a sports person at all. She does, she likes, she likes the art galleries and all of that stuff, but Special Olympics has really, really um, got, her into liking sports a little bit more and she just loves seeing me thrive and not seeing me always fail when I used to fail a lot 
Yeah. yeah. One thing I would add on to Mackenzie there said is that she described like a perfect way that athletes showcase sportsmanship. And, and there is that, that self-awareness and self-assessment that Mackenzie and her team can go and say, all right, this team is struggling. And we know in this situation, we want to make sure our bottom line is that we want to make sure everybody has fun. And, and thus we're going to provide really, we're going to be good sports about everything. Um, at the same time, Special Olympics athletes also show um, tremendous, they have a competitive nature and a competitive spirit and, and there is a desire to win. Yeah. And so it's, the most remarkable ability to balance the two. I can say this, I am a very competitive person and I got a lot to learn every time I go to a special Olympics athlete on or a special Olympics competition on the, the way that there is that perfect, perfect balance of the desire to win the, the drive, the competitive nature, which never overcomes or outweighs the need to be good teammates and good competitors. Like it, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, I, yeah. Perhaps it's, it's entirely serendipitous that we're having this conversation because what an eloquent message for America right now. Seriously. I mean, yes, mm -hmm. I, I, I know we're a capitalistic society and I'm very much patriotic. I have two brothers that have served in the military and I'm here for all of it. However, there is a point when you need to know that there has to be space and grace for everyone and, and to bring down mm -hmm. that competitive yeah. uh, edge and, and unify because there's, there are things that are bigger than sports and competing. And mm -hmm. I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete to the core of my soul mm -hmm. uh, and we're human first. So I think that mm -hmm. is such yeah. a beautiful, timely message. Everybody, particularly corporate America, <laughs> our government, write yeah. this down. Um, there's a time to pull back and be graceful and be human. And I, I think that's, Mm -hmm. really really wonderful um how are you guys managing um as an organization you, you know COVID and, and keeping athletes connected and excited yeah. and, and competitive how are you managing it with COVID and everything else that's going on yeah great question it's been uh obviously a, a challenge and, and Mackenzie brings up a great point is that so our athletes are divided up into different teams so Mackenzie is part of particular teams and she has coaches um what works for Mackenzie Mackenzie's coach Mackenzie's program and Mackenzie personally is different than what works for me personally and what works for XYZ athlete across the state so we really tried to make it a point to provide a wide variety of opportunities as many opportunities as we can to ensure that we are reaching the largest number possible in as many ways as possible. And we know full well that we're going to throw a bunch of things at the wall and, and some may stick for a few people and it may not work for others. And, and that's okay. Um, that, but that we are going to have, I, I know for a fact, we have to cast a wider net and do more things in order to reach even quasi the same number of people we were before. So we have kind of that mindset that we want something for everybody. Um, We've launched a bunch of different things. We've had a ton of virtual programming over the years. So we have something called Soko at Home, and that is basically online programming from we play bingo every week, we play tri trivia every week. We have a weekly athlete social hour where athletes can either get together and talk about a particular topic or just chat, connect. Um, we have done health and wellness programs. So from the day we canceled our or suspended in-person practice back in March of last year, we launched a, a six-week health and wellness program. And we have had different health and wellness programming or challenges going on every day since then. So right now we're in the middle of a new year, new you health and wellness program, which is all about um, 
goal setting and kind of getting yourself uh, right and ready for the new year. Um, we've had challenges. We started with Fit Five, which is all about asking everybody to exercise five days a week, eat five servings of fruits and fruits and vegetables a day, and drink five glasses of water. So the challenges have have varied. Um, we did a 5K training program. So that's been one area. We've had the everything from bingo to trivia, and then in terms of practices. It's completely dependent on the coach and the athlete's comfort level, but we've had in-person practice for um, starting back in July for specific okay. sports. So we've looked at like our summer sports are, are bocce, golf, tennis, and cycling, all outdoor sports that we knew we could um, safely manage in very small groups. Uh, for winter, we've launched uh ski, snowboarding, snowshoe, cross country with groups of five or fewer, knowing that it's all outdoors. We've also just kicked off our basketball season, which traditionally, of course, everybody would be practicing in person. Now we can have teams of 10 or fewer practicing outdoors. If you want, we're doing an all-star season. So each week we'll be presenting a new skill that they work on. So dribbling, passing, shooting, et cetera. And we're working with the Nuggets who will actually, the Denver Nuggets who will be leading a practice or introducing that skill each week. And then that's how athletes can either do that with a team or they can practice basketball from home. So they'll get a skill that week, practice the skill. And then at the end of the season, you'd submit your results in that particular skill. Um, and then we're mailing kits. So any athlete that wishes to get a kit, which would include a basketball, penny, and cones, they can sign up to get it and we'll get it to them. So we're trying to find, be creative in ways yeah. that we can keep athletes, families engaged. Wow. I mean, this is that's innovation at its finest. And I know most companies are everybody on no matter what field you're in uh, are scrambling to, to figure out a way. And I, I really give hats off to especially companies or organizations like yours where, I mean, it's everything. This is livelihood. It's not just, you know, a hair product yeah. or a microphone or something. Mm -hmm. um, these are people's lives and including the people that are working around it and the volunteers and everything mm -hmm. else. Um, has it, has it worked? Have you been, been able to maintain the optimism and have you seen some really great results within all this effort you're putting in? Absolutely. Um, I think Good. we're reaching, we're not reaching as many people as we did before simply yeah. because as, as Mackenzie said, um, she wants to be out there in practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and also her particular, we work with a lot of parks and recreation departments and with a parks and recreation department, they're, their city ordinance and their com their policies mandate what we can do. So while we are allowing practice to be in session, uh, Broomfield Parks and Rec, that may not work for them. So we're finding that balance there. But I do think that we've had a ton of success. I think we've um, seen a lot of uh, things that won't ever go away. Like people love mm -hmm. playing bingo and trivia. <laughs> it's fun. It's a nice way to connect. We, we launched a champions highlight show, which was a 45 minute video series highlighting the, the season that will never go away. Like, I, I think we, we discovered that we really like it and, and athletes love seeing themselves uh, highlighted. And so a lot of good has come from it. We've seen yeah. great progress on these wellness challenges. I mean, we've had between 150 to 500 people participating in each wellness challenge. So that's a big success for us yeah. to, to have that many people that are engaged and, and focusing on, on their health and wellness.
I think that's huge. And a beautiful silver lining is the innovation that happens. And then some of it really does push your organization, your company, yourself forward, carrying forward, even when things return back to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some beautiful opportunities to expand your horizons when, you know, when we have to shift. Um, yeah. And that was going to lead me to my next question. As, as an, a longtime athlete, we know how important nutrition and, you know, just training exercises. And when something's taken away, like say you're injured or you can't play your sport for whatever reason, maybe you're ineligible. Um, I think you have to pull back and, and think about things you can control and, and nutrition and how you're treating your body, yeah. what you're putting in your body is really big. Is that, you just, I mean, you kind of answered my question before I get ask it, but is that a big conversation um, around the Special Olympics? You guys train and talk about nutrition and and fueling and everything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. McKenzie, um, they, abs- go ahead, Mackenzie. Um, they started doing this a couple years ago. So we have, each team has like a fitness captain. Um, so you get nominated to be a fitness captain and you have to go through all of these trainings to be eligible to, um, teach your fellow athletes, um, the right stretch for, uh, right, the right sports that you're playing. Um, we talk about nutrition and how much vegetables and, um, don't bring like, um, Dr. Pepper to, uh, (laughs) practice, um, I had a couple of my athletes bring some Mountain Dew for us. Oh. Like, huh? I was like, you can do that. And I totally damned that out. I was like, you can have Gatorade or water. Yes. Um, a little Gatorade and then a whole bunch of water. But, um, but like, um, they give us tools to teach our fellow athletes how to um, keep in shape, how to eat healthy. They give us like these little charts um, and, um, you have to be you have to be accountable too because every athlete has to be accountable for what they put in their body and um and uh how much they exercise because um if a couple like down the road uh like i think like five years ago um i would overtrain and so i would always hurt myself and i didn't know how to pace myself with that um so having um uh, training for special uh, for the um, fitness captains and telling you don't have to always overdo it because your body needs rest. Um, and I'm I'm a very competitive person and I want to be like my my 100% every time I'm on and off the field. And like getting getting the that education for myself helped me to teach my fellow athletes that. Um, you need to rest and on and you have to because you're burning so much calories and you need to bring those calories back um and just getting like that opportunities for um being a fitness captain and all of that stuff has really helped a lot of athletes um overcome like obstacles that they were having i would make them run like for (laughs) two minutes without stopping around the field and like when we first did it, we couldn't even make it like around half of the field. And like this, my best friend, oh my gosh, she's like the best. She She's not the strongest runner and she would always get down. And I was all like, it's okay, we got this, you got this. And then at the end of the season, she could keep up with all of us um, going. So just seeing the, the um, growth as a team has, yeah, it's really cool. That's that's amazing. I coached for, um, like I said, longtime lacrosse player. And then I coached for, I think 10 years after high school. And I actually thought I was a better lacrosse player after being, and we had done camps. That's kind of how I made money throughout, you know, my collegiate career and, um, you know, college money. So you're 
saving up to buy PB and J. But um, <laughs> once I graduated, you know, all that coaching, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually like, I know what I'm saying. I, I wish I could have fully understood this more when I was yeah. an athlete. Uh, Mackenzie, do you think being a mentor and a leader and a coach in situations has made you a better athlete? Uh, totally. Um, oh my gosh. I was that, I was the kid that would talk back at, to the coaches because I didn't like authority. Um, I would always like give them attitude and all, I was a hot mess. Um, but like, <laughs> But being able to seeing how it's always the coaches, you know, you need the right coach to um, kick you and not will not really kick you, but like, you know, have faith in you on what you're doing. Because um, when I was in middle school or something, my coach was not nice to me. And so I would act out. And so when I came to Special Olympics, the coaches were like, you can't, what are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And so I would always lash out. Um but um, just seeing like the dedication that the coaches have and their leadership skills, because I I was a good leader in a bad way. Um, but um, then the coach was all like, "Oh, you're a leader," and then she would always put me as a role of like leading stretches and all, all that stuff. And then um, and then my mom made me talk to her because she was like kicking me off her team because I would talk back and now we're like the best of friends but um just having like that the coaches have faith in you and being able seeing you that you are a good leader and if you lead by example and if I led in a negative way my other teammates would follow me as well and it wasn't a good picture but now um seeing like the growth that I have as a leader um representing the representing on the USAIC and on the board, seeing how much I have become a great leader. Um, it's amazing. Um, so I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have a special Olympics and my family. So, um, yeah. That is very beautifully said. I, I do think that, that that accountability piece when you know people are watching and then uh, emulating your behavior, that will get you right real quick. Um, yeah. And I, I love that you said, you know, it's, it is certain coaches reach different athletes in different ways. And that's when I think really, truly great coaches uh, rise to the top because they know how to almost customize the way they communicate with you. Because every athlete, every human is very, very different and different cues and different instruction will resonate differently. Mackenzie, I'm very much like you. I'm not big on a authority. I'm very independent at my core and you don't need to micromanage me. I'll do my work, but I don't need a lot of hands-on. So some people, some coaches I've had and some bosses, it's like, that's probably why I'm an entrepreneur to be honest. Cause I just didn't want to be told what to do. And we'll just pick up the mess as we go, uh, which I've done that too. Megan, can you tell us a little bit about, it sounds like each athlete that comes in is very, it's a very customized approach. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, Mackenzie hit the nail on the head when she talks about how amazing her coaches are like special Olympics is here. Our, our staff is here to lay the groundwork and get the pieces together. Um, but we facilitate the work that the coaches and athletes do. I, I mean, it's our job to make sure that our athletes have meaningful involvement and, and that what we're doing is athlete led and athlete directed. And the coaches are, are truly the ones that, um, implement our mission. Like we, we could not reach the number of athletes that we do have the number of teams that we, that we have without those coaches. And they're amazing. And you're, you're right. No two athlete is, is this is alike. No, no two, no two people are alike. And, um, 
And that's especially true with our, our Special Olympics athletes. I mean, when you're working with, with a population of people that have intellectual disabilities, um, and we're not an organization that just works um, with individuals on the autism spectrum or individuals with Down syndrome. Um, we also have unified partners. Everybody has different needs. And, um, and our coaches are, are incredible at working with athletes to find what works best for them. Uh, how you're best going to, to grow and succeed, how, what sports are of interest to you. I mean, that's the other nice thing is that we have a lot of ways that people can get involved, be it from individual sports to team sports, winter, summer, et cetera, to athlete leadership. So, you know, we, we do rely on our, on our coaches to, to work with our athletes and they're amazing, amazing at that. Um, and they're all volunteers. That, yeah, and I thought that was a really incredible point because sometimes, you know, you get what you pay for. And as a coach, I had to hire assistants and most of them were volunteer. And I was like, mm, okay, well, nobody knows lacrosse. So this is a whole situation. Mm-hmm. And then you, you really do have to find good humans that you can kind of teach a skill. But if they're a good leader that you can work with, um, how do yeah. you guys choose what sports you offer? Cause I did, I didn't see lacrosse on there. What is, uh, maybe and perhaps I missed, I don't know, but how do you, no. Megan, how do you guys choose which sport? And then Mackenzie, why don't you tell me how you choose the sports you choose? Yeah. So the sports that we choose, we have 21 sports and we've kind of been right around that number for a long time. By comparison to other Special Olympics chapters, we're we're actually on the high end in terms of the number of sports that we do offer, but they're all Olympic type sports. And Special Olympics International has the mass, the master list, if you will, (laughs) of sports that can be, that can be offered. And we've over time picked and and choose the ones that work best for us here in Colorado. Obviously we have skiing and snowboarding here, whereas our counterparts in Florida don't, Um, but we don't have sailing here, which, which others do. So we've kind of picked and choose, we pick and choose sports that, that work well for us. We try to base the season on what works well. Um, we try not to overlap sports. So as an example, um, we don't want softball and volleyball and our flag football to be at the same time, because we know a lot of people who tend to like softball also like football, flag football or volleyball. Um, bowling is our most popular sport. So we don't pair up too many other sports against bowling so that athletes have as much opportunity to participate in bowling and other sports. So it's those kinds of uh, decision-making process, thought-making thought sure. process that, that gets us to the sports that we have. Okay. Mackenzie, okay. Uh, sorry, my dog's barking outside and I told my mom not to let the dogs out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't think That's they okay. can hear. But um, how I pick my sports is what I like. Um, so every season, um, I have I pick two sports. So like this season would have been snowboarding and basketball. Um, one um, non, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, a team sport and not a team sport. Yeah, individual. Yes, <laughs> that one. Um, but I like very because um, sometimes I just want to be by myself and I don't want to worry about um, other people and I don't like to lose sometimes. So if I have, if I have, if I have a, if I'm, I'm like really good in snowboarding. So um, I know I can be really good in that. And then basketball, I just love playing against people and that's kind of my strong sport, but not my strong sport, but, um, and then. Because he's very tall too. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm like five, five, eleven, six foot. What? Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and okay. Then, and then, um, soccer and then track. 
Um, I don't like running, but I love soccer for some reason. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> I always, I always pick, I always do track just cause it's a healthy, it's, it's, uh, it's exercise, but I don't compete in that because I know that's not my strong suit, but soccer is like you're running and you're kicking the ball and getting your aggression out and, uh, track and field is just, you're by yourself and I'm not a really I'm a good runner, but I don't like running just because you have to run. Right. <laughs> like, why do you need to run? <laughs> Where am I running to? Yeah. In, in circles. No. Um, um, uh, and then, ooh, I don't And then I do softball. Um, softball is a really good. You get to see other teams every week because um, we do, like, a tournament, like, every Friday, Friday nights. Um, and that's not my I'm, I'm good at softball but um we always lose um so <laughs> I, I, I have to uh I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna come out at, after we lose I go to my car and I start screaming because I'm like so disappointed uh, <laughs> and I can't show yes. any emotion on the field so I I have to let it out somewhere so I go into yes. my car um, see, but, see, those are the types of things. Mackenzie has the discipline yes, to, I, to know when and where you can be competitive. Where I'm like, ah! I commend you. And then that's like during the summer time. Um, I do not swim. hate swimming. You will never see me swim in my life. Um, I'm a rock uh, in rock strong. I am not a stick. Um, bocce i just can't do bocce because it's like too slow for me and you just stand there and um i have no time just to watch it's it's fun it's fun if you're like doing it for fun but competition i I just can't do it uh volleyball i just love smacking the ball it's very good to get your aggression out and i like spiking and i just go dominate the spiking uh, I um, I just started flag football a couple years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, you know that is that is a journey. You know, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing half the time, and my coach is like, "Just run straight um, with the ball, and then you get there when you get there." Um, yeah, I mean that is pretty so, much it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, and, then and I. You could go I was just going to say, I think Mackenzie brings up a good point that like the point of having so many sports is that athletes can, can try different things and yeah. see what works. What, you know, there's, there's meant to be something for everybody at every point mm-hmm. throughout the year. So you can get, well, you, get your fill and. I think and not get burned out, diversify your skill set. I see so many young kids today, uh, even adult sport athletes, collegiate mm-hmm. or post-college, that they just so overtrain in one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. you know, and and um I graduated high school in uh, 1999. So we and there wasn't a lot of women's across anyway. So I couldn't really do competitive and then high school and like one season to the next, like I had to pick other things. And mm-hmm. I really think that worked to my advantage. So I had this diversified skill set and different humans that I was meeting. Um, yeah. but I see, you know, kids training one thing for like 14 years years by the time they're like scholarship ready they're they're burned out and they don't want to do it um apart from the sport but really getting to know different people and and the way you know sports are different there's usually tradition behind sports and lacrosse Mm -hmm. for a long time we wore kilts and that's a whole story they don't really anymore um it's a whole thing but just seeing some of those things that bring like the sports legacy into your life Mm -hmm. are really cool uh which brings us to my my next question 
around diversity and inclusion. Uh, something, I mean, lacrosse is primarily a white human sport. And this is, we, I had a lacrosse company. I still do for a long time. We really focused on um, diversifying it because it's basically a white rich kid sport. And it had done so much for my life. I had wanted to, I wanted to bring it to as many people as possible uh, be, just because I loved it. How, how do you guys really intentionally um, try and create a platform that is diverse and inclusive for the Special Olympics of Denver of Colorado? I would say the yeah. schools, um, the unified, unified, um, unified schools. Uh, yeah, yeah, unified yeah. schools. Because uh, okay. schools have all different color, color, uh, colored and diverse people there, right? Um, and so that's where Special Olympics come in, comes in and um, like teaches the special ed teachers about unified and trying to get different kids involved with sports and just you know loving people with people with um intellectual disabilities and um that's one um they reach out to um uh not suburbs uh urban yeah urban cities um with more um diverse uh kids so like the parks and recreations um they reach out to that i believe Okay. Um, um, yeah. Just like watching where where people need help being included and um, people that want to be together but um, don't know how to get there. Sure. Yeah. I think as the and the schools unified schools program just to update you on that it's it's a program where we go into schools we're in 413 schools across Colorado um, and we really do focus on urban schools or schools with um, the majority of students having free and reduced lunch and it's a program that combines unified sports uh, inclusive youth leadership and whole school engagement so really trying to get the whole school involved and, and to become more inclusive welcoming school um, so that it, we, we use sports as a way, again, to overcome those differences. And, mm -hmm. and we know that in order to make change, we need to start with young people. And, and so that's where we, you know, by, by introducing and giving kids with and without disabilities the, the opportunity to, to be together, period, whether sure. they're playing sports or not. But I think that for a long time, students have been very separated from one another. And so that that's at its base level, what it's all about. And, and Mackenzie, that's a great example of ways um, that we are doing work in this area. Um, I, I would also say we're, we're an organization that promotes inclusivity. Like that's our, that's what we do. We're all about um, providing inclusive environments. That being said, I do think um, we, we know we have work to do to make sure we're, we're continuing to do more outreach. So, so I think we say we're inclusive. We welcome everybody. Everybody's welcome to come join us, which is true. Um, but I think similar to what we do with, we can do more. We can do more outreach to, to more schools. We can do more outreach to parks and rec centers or um, communities across the state that maybe aren't as well represented within the Special Olympics family. And, and that, that's going to be um, a focus of ours moving forward working on diversity, equity, and inclusion externally is making sure that we're, we're making Special Olympics a place that everyone truly does feel welcomed and included when they come, and then going out there, doing the outreach and the work it takes to, to invite people to join us. On the flip side, I think we have um, an important role to play in 
and making sure that people with intellectual disabilities, they're very much a marginalized population and aren't often included in the conversation when it comes to people being discriminated against. And, and I think that's where we as an organization, where our athletes come in, sharing their stories, um, showcasing their abilities, showcasing the fact that we understand that we're all different, but can learn from each other, um, really pushing forth that message of, of inclusion and unity. Um, and so that's the work that I think we can do externally facing. Absolutely. I, and again, everybody that's listening and whatever company space you're in, this is everyone can do more I, in this regard, uh, myself included, hence this conversation. It, I think it's really important that we um, acknowledge that and, and really try and make these steps as, as fast as we can in the right way. Are you guys doing anything on the legal side as far as like lobbying for certain laws or anything like that? Or do you stay strictly within uh, amongst the kids in the community and, and competing? We don't. It's a it's a a policy from Special Olympics International that we don't get involved too much gotcha. in legislative work. Okay. Um, so we haven't. Uh, we do We do actually have a Capitol Hill date where we advocate for funding for our Unified Champion Schools program and our health programming. And that, that funding actually helps provide health screenings. We haven't even talked about that. We provide thousands of health screenings to athletes each year in different areas like vision, audiology, um, because that is another area where people with intellectual disabilities are not receiving the same care that their typically developing peers are. And so while we're not doing that work at the, um, the legislative level, we are really working with healthcare providers and health systems to make that systemic, systemic change so that medical providers are getting experience and training uh, I'm working with people with intellectual disabilities. So we, we, we are, aren't there on, on the legislative level, but we, we do try to make system-wide change and big sure. picture change there. Sure. And I also think it's important, you know, you're, you're always aware of things and you don't tackle everything because then you can't do the few things really, really well. And I know that's really hard, particularly for, you know, strong-minded people that do have an abundance of energy and want to save the world. I'm with you. Um, but there are days we are reminded yeah. like, mm, let's just, let's do what we can because it does matter. And this is enough. Dial right it now. down. And, yeah. 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 Um, but that I think having that drive, even in the back of our mind is always, our minds is, is a good thing. Uh, I, I really want to know about the funding. Tell me how, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces here. It's in addition to the athletes and uh, the competing in the sports and the fun and life skills, the screening you just said, and um, all the life attributes and equalities that you work to provide. How are we, how are we funding all of this? Yeah. Um, great question. So our budget for just Special Olympics Colorado is about $5 million a year. So that's how much we have to raise every year. Um, again, I told you I'm a, a fundraiser is my background. So okay. we, we love or, or hate December 31st because we're, we're celebrating a, hopefully a job well done in the last year. In January 1, our, our budget goes back down to zero and, and we've got to figure out what we're going to do to raise the next $5 million to fund all of our programs. And so Fortunately for us, and this really came into play this past year when COVID came up, we are very diversified when it comes to where we receive our revenue. So thank, thankfully, we're not just uh, reliant. If we were just reliant on one in-person event, we'd be in big trouble. Yeah. Um, so we have a wide variety of areas, including fundraising events. So I'll do a pitch. We have our Polar Plunge series coming up. 
We have polar plunges across the state. So everybody should go to our website, specialolympicsco.org and learn about our polar plunge series. So that it's raises about half, yep, just opened to half a million dollars. We actually raised from people plunging into water and getting contributions from family and friends to do it. So we will be having uh, in-person plunges into reservoirs. We have the option for people to do it virtually or at Denver, in Denver, we're doing a polar plunge roulette where people can spin a wheel and you'll either get like a bucket of water dumped on you, squirt gun, or you could get like ketchup or something, you know, <laughs> squirted on you. So we're okay. trying to be creative in ways to, to make our polar plunge series happen because that is a big revenue generator for us. Okay. We also rely on companies. We work with a lot of sponsors. We have a lot of grants and funders that give us money, a lot of individual donors. Um, so our, our coaches and our teams, they do fundraising. So really we, we try to raise money in as many ways as we possibly can so that we aren't just reliant on, on one specific revenue stream. But um, the, the general public are incredibly generous in, in participating in these funny events that we have like a polar plunge and a yeah. plane pole, and then also yeah. contributing. <laughs> Well, I, th I think it's great. And those are such great community events. I know, you know, we have these COVID-19 rules, but again, bringing the community together, just like your parents, Mackenzie, you know, they kind of get opened up to things. Maybe they never would have thought would expose it to them. I know mm -hmm. I have some of the best friends in my life that look nothing like me. We are, we're very, actually, we're very similar, but if you just saw us sitting next to us, we're like polar opposites. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's brought these beautiful friendships in my life because of sport, because of competition, because of, you know, CrossFit or lacrosse or whatever. And it's been such an attribute to my world. Um, so this is, it's so amazing you guys do that in addition to all these other things and then have to do the back end of fundraising and making the machine move continuously. Um, in, in addition to the polar punch, is there anything else that's coming up right now that you guys want to talk about or you want to share that people can get involved with? Yeah, volunteering. So go to our website, specialolympicsco.org, and we are always looking for new coaches, unified partners, volunteers, um, we are in polar plunge season, so I will give another plug for that one. We have plunges across the state. They're a ton of fun. And then moving on into the year, we have um, a plane pull event in August, a golf tournament. And then also anybody who's listening who has a company and or you are an individual, you can contribute on our website or your company can get involved. And that could be from volunteering to um, getting involved as a sponsor. I think one thing Special Olympics brings to companies is the opportunity to get your employees engaged. You're contributing to something that people feel good about, which then makes your employees feel good about the place that they work, that you're involved within um, with another organization that, that changes so many lives for the better. So, so reach out to us. We've got a great team ready to chat with you and, and something we, we really try to learn how companies or individuals want to get involved and then you know, work with them to make that happen. I think that's amazing. We'll of course post all of your information. Uh, one last question for you. If I was a parent with a kiddo that I think might be interested in special Olympics, or if I was an adult or, or I knew somebody, how what would be step one into getting um, involved as an athlete? Go to our website and okay. you can either fill out an athlete form or call us and we will get you involved. I mean, the questions that we would ask would be what sports are you interested in and where do you live? And from there, we would make sure that if you're in Lakewood, we'll connect you with somebody in Lakewood so that you can be become part of the team. Um, or if you just have questions about it, I mean, 
Mackenzie, you might have talked about before. You weren't sure Special Olympics was for you to, you know, to begin with. And, you know, yeah, how did, you got. How, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was uh, going to say, ask the same question. Mackenzie, how did you get involved? Yeah, how did you get, how did you initially get involved in the organization? Um, so back in middle school, um, Special, ha Special Olympics had a expo of soccer, I think, um, and track. And um, I always wanted to play sports, but I looked different from the other kids. And um, I was bullied. They wouldn't pass me the ball. They wouldn't, you know, and the coaches weren't really helpful. And um, so um, we did this, like, expo in soccer. And I was like, wow, this is super fun because all of my friends were there and we were in special ed. And I was like, wow, other schools have special ed at, so my mind was, like, blown. And um, then I kind of stopped um, because I had personal issues going on during that time. Um, I, was, I was on a lot of medications, and so I needed to get off those medications. And so I had to go into residential treatment for a couple of months to get me winged off of those medications. And then find a school that um, uh, had a good uh, special needs program, and that was TJ. Thomas Jefferson, let's go. Yeah. Um, and then um, they had a unified a unified uh, club there, and my teacher, uh, Miss Black, what a vibe she was. She was she was good. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> so I was I was not the nicest person back in those days, um, but um, she signed me up for the Unified Club and um, the Unified teacher Molly Patron. What's up, Molly? If you're listening, um, she started the Unified Unified program there, and I was all like, okay, maybe maybe this would be good. And then Unified happened, and I had no trust with kids that didn't look like me because I was bullied you know so sure. it was um a trust issue and then I think like my juniors friend no not senior year uh sophomore junior and senior year um I started like playing basketball with the unified team sadly my my school wasn't that inclusive yet um and so we didn't have a lot of support from the other students and all of that stuff. Um, but going, cause we didn't really promote it. And that was like 2000s and like 12 and not today. Sure. <laughs> um, but um, getting getting that opportunity to start um, the that thing and then starting the Unified Club there, um, I kind of rolled off that cause I was like, I don't want to do Unified. Um, and then my mom found Devin Probst and Rec, um, an adaptive Rec. And um, that's where I started blossoming into my sports because they're, they're, it's Devin Probst and Rec, so they're sports motivated. And um, we were signing, we were looking at all of the programs and Special Olympics popped up again. And I was like, mom, I really want to do Special Olympics. She's like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you ready for that? And I was like, yeah, I think I am. And then um, I signed up with them. And then ever since, um, they can't get me off their team. <laughs> uh, I did kind of 
I had to, I, uh, for snowboarding, because I used to snowboard with them, but I was like the only snowboarder because people like skiing. Uh, <laughs> um, so I did switch uh, to an all snowboarding team last year, and that was really fun. But like, just, I don't know, like, it's, it's super easy just to sign up and to get involved. Um, I'm like, for like, the school part, because um, I'm I'm like 25 now, and I graduated 2014. So 2014 and on, seeing how much uh, unified schools have blossomed, I'm a little bit jealous, you know, because like uh, I was like, well, shoot, let me just. I think I would have yeah. been more more um, comfortable with myself, out of my comfort zone more, but. Um, I have really good relationships with every athlete, every unified partner. Um, like I have, we call it, we call it our squad and it's, I'm going to do a shout out because I just have to do a shout out. So it's Emmy, Lily and Enzo. And I love them to death. They're like my people. Like we, uh, like during COVID, like they were, they were always like checking up on me and all that stuff. And then the summertime, like, every week we would hang out and so my trust would get to get better and all of that stuff and um just like having that um friendship with them it's a long-lasting friendship and like even with the special olympic staff like they're amazing you know like they they check up on you and want to see how you're doing if you need anything um and they're, they're they're just like the second family, but I just I if you really want to get involved with special Olympics, I really uh uh have to do that shout out because they're an amazing organization, and I wouldn't be where I am today if I um, didn't have special Olympics. Like um, I was a very very shy person before special Olympics. I wouldn't talk to anyone, or I would like just sit back and not really voice my opinion and I do have really good opinions sometimes and <laughs> um, you have great self-awareness like, I'll say that yeah totally um, <laughs> um like um but just like seeing where I was a couple years ago to now like being a high up leader and um whoo, um just like seeing everybody going through a hard time with COVID mm-hmm. um and seeing like you we should never take stuff for granted um like it's 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 a good i i feel like covid was a blessing in disguise in a little a lot of ways because i was never home i was never with my family because i was like out with friends or doing special olympic stuff and then you had to be home like for a long 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 time and um and um, just looking back, because my parents are older, you know, um, they have health issues, and um, I and I'm a homebody too, so I I kind of did like COVID. I didn't have to go anywhere, and I could just watch Netflix and sleep, and not really do anything. Um, We're gonna but... change that. We're gonna get you back. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to mix it up. You got turmeric and tequila. Yeah. You got to have the balance. The balance. Exactly. So um, I'm just I'm really blessed that COVID has. Cause I'm that person that I would love to go, 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 not stop. And just taking a minute just to realize, wow, that um, you do have true friends 
with Special Olympics and people without, uh, well, not without Special Olympics, but in my community, like my parents and close friends, like you get to know who your real people are during these hard times. And I, um, I, I, I am thankful that COVID happened, but I'm kind of happy. Hopefully it is going to be gone soon because I really miss dominating on the field and all of that stuff. Yeah. I so that is a way of saying everybody should get in, in, involved. You'll find a, yeah. you'll find a, a place and a family within Special Olympics for sure. I love it. Now, and the training squad, you pointed out, um, I talk about that to this day. I'm 40 and we, I have three girls now that I train with pretty much full time. We, we train collectively, I don't know, three times a week and we're outdoors. It's freezing because of COVID and we get there when we can, but it's been so much less, but it is, it's such a big deal. And it's so important to have that important crew. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie, I'm going to put it out there. You have some incredible advice. You might just be, find yourself on your own podcast one day, uh, sharing your journey. I think you're far ahead of many humans, certainly farther than I was at 25 having some mm -hmm. of these major um self-awareness pieces and these these human through lines that are totally. uh really really beautiful mm -hmm. so i hope you can pat yourself on the back for many of those things um there you go. Yeah, I, I've been to too many adult sporting events where there's two dudes beating each other up over a soccer ball or, you know, women fighting at a bullet. Like, it's just like, okay, yeah, we have to. We gotta, yeah, we got to come um, correct here. It's a whole thing. Agreed. Uh, Thank you. Well, is there anything else? I'll be sensitive of, of the schedule. I know you guys are, are busy uh, varsity humans, as I say. Anything else you want to share with the audience about the organization, about yourselves? Any parting words of advice? I recommend doing the polar plunge. Um, it's really fun. And you're only cold for a hot second. And oh, <laughs> uh, you like where it went there? Um, yeah. Da, da, da. Hey, um, and just get involved with Special Olympics. It's, it's my passion and I love them so much. And um, if you're listening and you want more information, totally look us up. Um, yeah, that's a, that's about it. I agree. And I would say um, join the Special Olympics movement and take a minute to um, learn more about what we do, learn more about our athletes. And then I think um, you know, it's our goal that yes, everybody becomes part of the Special Olympics family. We, we are a sports organization, but we do want to ultimately promote inclusion and inclusivity. Um, and I think our athletes are a great way to do that, a great example of that. And so take a minute to, to learn, learn from our athletes about being kind to others, loving others, loving yourself, um, accepting people for who they are. Um, seeing past people's what, what you might see as a difference and, and rather focusing on all the ways that we're uh, more alike than we are different. I think there are just a lot of messages that people can learn from the athletes of Special Olympics. And so I just encourage everybody to, to take a minute and do that. Spend, get to know a Special Olympics athlete, ask, get to know somebody who's different from you and, uh, and learn from them. Listen, yeah. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Very well said. Well, Megan, I applaud your tireless efforts uh, as a leader of this organization and all the incredible things you're doing. I know it's been a, uh, a crazy year, but I'm, I'm so happy to hear about the innovation and the, the strides you guys are making. I will certainly um, get involved and uh, I'm here for the polar plunge. Good. I actually love ice baths, so we can we can make Yay. that happen. Uh, we Good. won't spend time on the hair that day. I will say that, but we will. <laughs> we're, we're down to jump in. Um, and Mackenzie. Good. 
I, dang, I, what a blessing you get to keep competing as you know you you continue to grow and uh, get older. I'm a big fan of staying young at heart, so I applaud you for that and your many wise words you have to share. And and what a phenomenal role model you are for every human out there um, looking to grow on the field and off. Uh, I'm deeply impressed. So uh, my hat's off, and I'm I'm genuinely inspired by you both. I'd love to see what you guys are doing. This is exactly what we need, and I know you know this in 2021. And I think what you're doing really matters. And you are the people out there that are making this world a better place. Well, thank, thank thanks you for so having us. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I like being on podcasts. I, that's my, um, I was on one for the Wayfaring Band. I was a co-host for them. Okay. And so, She's um, teasing. Yeah. So. Uh, I could tell. Uh, seriously. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I love podcasts. So if you ever need a co-host, you know, just let me know and I'll okay. totally be on your there you go yeah you don't need me here Megan you have to do all the heavy lifting organizationally like we need we need you doing like all the deadlifts into the real work here um but I, I appreciate oh, you guys. I'll, um, I'll put this up. I'll have the tags and everything. Great. If you need anything else from me in the meantime, let me know. Um, otherwise, keep crushing and, and let's keep in touch. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so Thank much. You. We really right. appreciate it. Absolutely. My, my pleasure, genuinely. Awesome. Thank cool. you. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.